once again on this fine day, and it's always a fine day from God's perspective. And in these very days we live, we need God's perspective more than ever. Don't you agree? You know, since early 2020, we've been living on the edge. We've been waiting, watching, and hoping for something to happen that will restore our way of life, restore our hope and our future. Every day, we hear conflicting reports about the pandemic, about wearing of masks, the vaccine. Every day, people like myself who seek to discover and share truth are being censored. I mean, I curated a post from the Epoch Times on LinkedIn recently, and that particular article reported that 5,800 fully vaccinated Americans contracted COVID-19 and 74 were dead. And LinkedIn, which is owned, by the way, by Microsoft, pulled the post stating it was against their policies. Apparently, Microsoft is among those of the woke movement who seek to suppress truth and advance what they think is their own agenda, even knowing that their agenda will include the death and the destruction of other people. It is so sad. If ever there was a time we needed God's perspective, it's now. And I know Jesus wants us all to have the truth, so I will have some links to some documents that I want you to read about the vaccine and about some of the doctors who are speaking out against a lot of what's being done under the guise of science. Look for it in my show notes, please. As I said last week, truth itself is under attack. It should be obvious to all of us by now that there is a real spiritual battle underway where Satan has influenced as many people as possible to carry out his plans so that he could have control, which is to bring destruction, death, and defeat to God's people. Our Lord and Savior Jesus declared the truth shall set us free, and the truth is what we must fight for in these days. I firmly believe God is permitting these dreadful days to continue in order to wake up as many people to the truth as possible before God personally intervenes in our behalf. If you're listening for the first time, I'm Pam Christian, your host, and each and every week I seek to help us all discover and live in life-giving truth. And today, I want us to add to our faith by learning more about the truth. I'm not saying truth is different today than in the past. I use the term truth of today, meaning the importance of our accurately discerning what is actually occurring in the world that is impacting every person on the planet. It baffles me on the one hand that so many people deny the existence of Satan. They don't believe there's a real devil or hell. But isn't that the epitome of the deception of the deceiver himself? I mean, if he can get people to believe he doesn't exist, he can go about his business and get away with it undetected. While people may not believe in the devil, they have to admit there's a great deal of evil going on in our world today. People are more starved for the truth and hope today than ever before in our lifetimes. And I want to be counted among those who diligently seek to discover truth and share it from the mountaintops, where the maximum number of people can hear the truth and find freedom truth provides. This program, this podcast is called Faith to Live By because I want us all to have our faith confidently grounded in truth so we can overcome evil with good and experience the joyful, victorious life Christ died to give us. We have people in positions of government, leadership, and influence who are intentionally leading the rest of us on a path that leads to our demise. Let me see if I can help you really get hold of what I'm saying with this next story. Two people were watching a man drive a herd of sheep through the main street of a small town. 
I thought shepherds led sheep. I didn't know they drove them with a whip, one man said. They do, the other fellow remarked. That's not a shepherd. That's the town's butcher. That poignant illustration is to be credited to Robert R. Cuny, author of The Vital Church Leader, published by Abingdon Press in 1991. People all over the world have been driven by others whom we have trusted to have our best interest in mind when clearly they do not. And this is what God wants us to realize. God wants us all to place our trust in Him and in Him alone. While there are men and women of God who are trustworthy for the past maybe 500 years, unworthy men and women have accepted narratives that are rooted in Marxist communism with the intentions of destroying our republic. We are seeing this happen before our very eyes. It is essential that we wake up before God intervenes with his swift arm of justice. I've known since late 2019 that beginning with the year 2020, we would be in for great and terrible days where God is allowing all manner of corruption to be exposed for a couple of reasons. One is so that as many people as possible will see the truth of evil and choose to remove themselves as far as possible, landing in the arms of God. The other reason is so that when he administers his justice, all will agree it is based on truth and it is right and fair and is yet another demonstration of God's love for those who belong to him. As I said in the beginning, every day is a fine day when we understand it from God's perspective. So today, I want us to consider three things. Number one, God's gracious revelation of events in advance. We'd call these foreshadows. Number two, God's truly awesome ways of leading us. We see that with prophecy. And number three, God's desire for us to experience peace and joy even in the worst conditions. And that is victory. At the time this podcast first airs, we are essentially in the middle of the time from between Passover to Pentecost. Passover this year was March 27th through April 4th. Pentecost this year is May 23rd. And the days between Passover and Pentecost are important and generally thought of as being days of sober reflection. As we approach Pentecost, we should sense an increase of expectancy based on how God has revealed himself in past seasons. I found an incredible video online where a man named Rabbi Kyle explored the events and scriptures of the Old Testament Passover and Pentecost to the New Testament events specific to Passover and Pentecost. It is truly fascinating, and you'll want to see it for yourself, so be sure to click on the link in the show notes. But right now, I want to share some of the points the Lord highlighted for me as I sought Him regarding this time between Passover and Pentecost 2021. First, we need to understand the graciousness of God toward us by providing us revelation of events in advance. He has graciously provided the knowledge, wisdom, and insight in the past we need for today. God faithfully gives us foreshadows of things to come to prepare us and equip us and also to fortify our faith when the events actually occur. So right now, in these days we are living, we are living in a due season time specifically identified in Galatians 6, 9, which reads, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. As God's people, we are clearly in a time where we must persevere. We must dig deep in our faith and intentionally exercise what I call spiritual tenacity. And on this point, I especially love what Oswald Chambers wrote. Quote, Spiritual tenacity is more than endurance. 
It is endurance combined with the absolute certainty that what we are looking for is going to transpire. Tenacity is more than a hanging on, which may be but the weakness of being too afraid to fall off. Tenacity is the supreme effort of a man refusing to believe that his hero is going to be conquered. The greatest fear a man has is not that he will be damned, but that Jesus Christ will be worsted, that the things he stood for, love and justice and forgiveness and kindness among men, will not win out in the end. Then comes the call to spiritual tenacity, not to hang on and do nothing, but to work deliberately on the certainty that God is not going to be worsted. If our hopes are being disappointed just now, it means that we are being purified. There is nothing the human mind has ever hoped for or dreamed of that will not be fulfilled. End quote. Let me fortify you a bit further by reminding you of what is written in Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 15, where Jesus himself encourages us to ask, seek, and believe God will give us what we ask. There is nothing the human mind has ever hoped for or dreamed of that will not be fulfilled. Well, I especially like verses 11 to 13, which says this, quote, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? End quote. Okay, now let's consider foreshadows of the past God has provided to encourage us in these days. You know the story of the first Passover. That was the night God delivered his final plague on the Egyptians while taking the firstborn sons, remember? And in obedience to God, the Hebrews placed the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their home and death passed over them. Their firstborn sons were not taken. Death passed over them. Well, this final judgment by God on the Egyptians is what set the Israelites free from the evil Egyptians' bondage. This was the exodus for God's people led by Moses, which is a type or a figure and foreshadow of our deliverer, Jesus. But listen to what I saw for the first time in considering these events. When the people came up against the Red Sea with the Egyptians in hot pursuit of them, they began to lose their faith in God, who had just performed ten miraculous plagues that harmed only the Egyptians and not the Hebrews. But still, in this predicament, their faith was waning. And what did God do? He parted the Red Sea, and the Hebrews walked through on dry ground. Now here's what I saw for the first time. The parting of the Red Sea and walking between the two sides is a depiction of how God enacted his covenant with Abraham. It was a reminder of God's promises to Abraham and all of his descendants. Remember, the manner in which a covenant was demonstrated was the sacrifice of an animal that was divided in two parts, and then both parties passed between the two parts through the entire length of the animal sacrifice to demonstrate they had entered into blood covenant. Can you imagine the awe of the Hebrews as they were walking through on dry ground, through the Red Sea, and how that pointed to the blood covenant God had made to Abraham and all of his descendants, and that, by the way, includes us who belong to God today. Remember, the covenant between Abraham and God consisted of three separate parts, the promised land, the promise of the descendants, and the promise of blessings and redemption. For God's people to walk through the massive walls of the Red Sea, 
would have been an overwhelming reminder of the promises God made to Abraham and all of his descendants. That certainly included them, as they were descendants of Abraham, and they were in the very process of being blessed and redeemed, and they were on their way to the promised land. But more than that, we who believe by faith in the ultimate deliverer, Jesus, are also sons and daughters of Abraham, and therefore assured of the blessings of the entirety of the Abraham covenant. All of the events of the Exodus in the time between Passover and Pentecost that we read about in the Old Testament provide us with a foreshadow that is confirmed in the New Testament, and this gives us wisdom and insight on what we should expect for today, the time in which we're living now. Amos chapter 3 verse 7 clearly states, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. So, when we need to understand our present times to know how to operate in them, we need to search the scriptures like the Bereans to see what God has said. God wants his people to be fully prepared and equipped at all times, so he has provided in one way or another information we need for today. God provides the information and provisions we need for today in advance. We simply need to learn how to discover them. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 1 to 6 emphasizes God's metered revelations. This passage of scriptures is often referred to as the mystery of the gospel revealed. It reads, quote, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it is now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. End quote. Did you catch that? The mystery of the gospel was not made known to men of prior generations as it had been made known through the Apostle Paul for the Gentiles. Yay, as a Gentile, I'm humbled and excited to be part of the family of God. And we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, Jesus' disciples, having gained much better understanding of who Jesus was, they asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Understand, the early disciples were asking Jesus if their time, which was also between Passover and Pentecost, if that was the time when Jesus would establish his kingdom. They were desperate to have their kingdom restored. Isn't that the question we're asking today? Lord, when will you restore this time? When will you restore our nation? Lord, will you at this time intervene and administer your justice upon the governments of the world? I mean, aren't we desperate to see evil dealt with and righteousness increase? How many people are waking each morning filled with dread and fear because of the tremendous increase of evil all around us that's impacting our daily lives? How many are seeking God for restoration? Now here's why I really want you to listen carefully. When we ask God to restore us, we're asking to go back to the way things were. This was the position of the Hebrews when they found themselves up against the Red Sea. Remember, they were willing to return to Egypt as slaves. After all the miracles God had done in their behalf, they were willing to return. Does God see us behaving the same way? We have come through an extended period of devastation and oppression and evil of all sorts, but God has also been exposing the corruption shedding the light on evil so we know where it is and we can avoid it at all costs. Asking God to restore us is akin to saying we want to go back to the way things were. 
Do we really want to go back to being completely ignorant of the rampant and unrestrained advancement of evil? Can't we see that God has been at work delivering us from the evil in the world? To restore us is not what we should be asking. We should be asking God to advance us, to revive us, to bring us into a righteous reformation. How did Jesus respond to his disciples? Acts chapter 1, verses 7 to 8 reveals, It is not for you to know the time or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The disciples thought Jesus would be setting up his final kingdom, and concerning that, Jesus explained no one knows the day or the hour of his kingdom. What about the statement in Amos chapter 3, verse 7, which reads, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. When it is the right time, God will reveal his secret to his servants, the prophets. This is how God meters out information we need. By us not knowing the day or hour, God positions us to live the best way possible, aware that he could come at any moment. How many of us don't realize that God is actually being gracious to us by not telling us more? Some knowledge is too heavy for us. John Bloom wrote an article for Desiring God that addresses this, and I'll have the link for you in the show notes. In the article, he wrote, In her book, The Hiding Place, Corrie Tin Boom recalled a time when she, as a young girl, was returning home on the train with her father after accompanying him to purchase parts for his watchmaking business. Having heard the term sex sin in a poem at school, she asked her father what it meant. After thinking for just a bit, her father stood up and took down his suitcase from the rack. And this is how Corey remembers their conversation. Will you carry it off the train, Corey? he said. I stood up and tugged at it. It was crammed with watches and spare parts that he had purchased that morning. It's too heavy, I said. Yes, he said, and it would be a pretty poor father who would ask his little girl to carry such a load. It's the same way, Corey, with knowledge. Some knowledge is too heavy for children. When you are older and stronger, you can bear it. For now, you must trust me to carry it for you. In his infinite wisdom and love, God tells us everything we need to know exactly when we need to know. God is the wisest father who knows when knowledge is too heavy for us. He is not being deceptive when he does not give us the full explanation. He's carrying our burdens. We read that in 1 Peter 5.7. If we think our burdens are heavy, we should see the ones he's carrying. The burdens he gives us to carry are light. Matthew 11.30. And this brings me to point number two. God's truly awesome ways of leading us, which includes prophecy. Prophecy in recent times has taken a beating, and this breaks my heart. While it's true there are always people who will abuse the spiritual gifts that God bestows, the faults should not cause us to dismiss the genuine. We all know there are counterfeit $100 bills in circulation, but that does not cause us to reject every $100 bill. Instead, it causes us to use caution and discernment. I'm very sad about the number of well-known people who have recanted, even apologized for prophetically declaring that Donald Trump would serve two terms. For a person who claims to be prophetic, to make a declaration and then recant what they declared does tremendous damage. First, the secular media has trampled all over this, making all prophets and the Christian faith look entirely incredible. This then causes the less mature in Christ to cower and hide even more. Having believed and shared on prior podcasts that we are living in a time when God is exposing all that's corrupt and aware that scriptures clearly state judgment begins with the house of the Lord means that our Christian leadership is subject to God's remedial judgment. 
I believe very soon now, and potentially in the days surrounding Pentecost, we will see God descend upon his people in miraculous ways once again. Those with clean hands and pure hearts will be elevated and given assignments with greater kingdom impact. Those who do not will be disciplined according to God's wisdom. And it's important to point out that it's not just Christian leadership that will be held accountable. All of us who profess to be Christians will be held accountable. I ask every one of my Christian brothers and sisters to use this time now to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any wicked or prideful or jealous or any way that is not godly in us. Let my voice and the voices of others with similar messages bring you, bring us all, to intentionally examine ourselves, to humble ourselves, repent, and know that the coming of God's judgment for these days is imminent. Jesus said it is not for us to know the times and seasons specific to his second coming, and while we wait, we need to partner with the Holy Spirit and share the truth with a world starved for the truth. The world is starved for the hope that truth provides. The world is ripe today for the Lord to allow his Holy Spirit to descend upon us in as miraculous of a way as he did in the New Testament Pentecost. Could there be a special revelation of the Holy Spirit given to us this upcoming Pentecost? Well, let's pray and ask the Lord. We can discern times and seasons of God's plans that don't reveal the day and the hour of Christ's return. Again, Amos says God does nothing except he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. While not all of us are called to the office of the prophet, we are all called to hear from God and to proclaim his word. Why do I look forward to this particular Pentecost with so much enthusiasm? Because the world is ripe for the great harvest of souls and the events on Pentecost that were given us in the past are foreshadows of the future. In the Old Testament, the first Pentecost was when God came down upon Mount Sinai, revealing himself with fire by night. According to Rabbi Kyle, I mentioned earlier, Scripture states that among the Hebrew people in the Exodus, there were multitudes of others who willingly followed the God of the Hebrews. Scriptures refer to them as the mixed multitude. Rabbi Kyle explained Jewish tradition has taught that God spoke to the people in about 70 to 72 languages, representing the languages of all the nations of the world that day. This is supported by the 70 to 72 nations that God scattered in the story of the Tower of Babel. The Old Testament Pentecost is when God gave Moses the law, the Ten Commandments, from which the Jews have the Torah. In the New Testament Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down upon about 120 of his people in the upper room who were obediently seeking and waiting on him, and the Holy Spirit descended as tongues of fire on their heads. Did you know that it was exactly 1,500 years to the day from the first Pentecost to the Pentecost recorded in the book of Acts? In the Old Testament, God came down to address his people. In the New Testament, God came down to empower his people. We are still living with the power of the Holy Spirit available to work in and through us today. We have much more available to us to overcome evil with good than we are actually utilizing. Proverbs 25.2 states, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. This is what we're doing today. We are searching from what God has made known, what he has revealed, to learn what we need to know for this day. Which brings me to my last point. God's desire for us to experience peace and joy even in the worst conditions. He wants us to live in victory, even in these great and terrible days. Rabbi Kyle explained that the days between Passover and Pentecost are known as the wedding season. 
Not that people seek to have weddings then. In fact, some Jews will not allow weddings to be performed during this time. The reason is these days should be reserved for the Messiah, the groom, who will come for his bride. We don't know if this is true because it's God's will that we do not know. However, looking at how God has operated during this season in the past provides us with some clues as to what we can expect today. The Apostle Peter, when addressing the people on the day of Pentecost, quoted from the book of Joel, and this is what he said, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This passage from Joel speaks of the last days, which is an extended period of time. I see the first half of what Peter spoke in verses 17 to 18 to very potentially be the days we're living in. And I see the second half, Acts verses 19 to 21, to be addressing the second half of the last days. The demonstrations of God's power will become evident in the early part of the last days and continue through the last of the last days. I believe the world is ripe for the great harvest of souls when God will indeed pour out His Spirit in such a way that... The world has never seen before. I see God's response to the enemy's woke revolution and counterculture to be responded with his own awakening revival and encounter reformation. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, everything is always fine when we see from God's perspective. So I hope to have imparted to you today a fresh perspective. Next week, I want to continue with this theme of understanding our times during this amazing period between Passover and Pentecost to learn how we can best prepare ourselves to enjoy all God has for us, even in the midst of apparent chaos. If you've been blessed by my ministry work, I need you to let me know. I've often asked you to contact me, and I truly want to hear from you, especially now that I'm faced with the decision to renew my podcast or not. I truly need to hear from you. If you've liked what you've heard from me today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. One way you can support that I'm especially enthusiastic about is my new bumper sticker that says, Make America Godly Again. They're available for $5 each. These are beautiful vinyl stickers that will hold up nicely in any weather. And I hope you'll get as many as you can and give them away. I want to see these Make America Godly Again bumper stickers everywhere, especially by the 4th of July. What do you think? Use the order form on my web store and let me know how many you'd like me to send you. In addition to showing your support with the bumper stickers, you can also take advantage of the many goods and services I bring you from my sponsors and my partners, which you'll find on the faithtoliveby.com webpage. One of my sponsors is Ed Torres, who can help you with your future financial goals. Ask Ed Torres, a team member with the financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC about the exclusive confident retirement approach to see if you're prepared for your financial future. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, understands your goals and they provide personalized advice to help you reach them. Call Edward Torres at 949-250-3210. 
Offices located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. You don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They are licensed in many states, so I'll have a link for you to his website in the show notes, and I encourage you to contact him for a free consultation. If you've liked what you've heard today, I sincerely appreciate hearing from you. Sitting in my studio before this microphone feels very much like a one-way conversation, and I just don't want that. So please, use my email or social media so we can connect beyond this podcast. Also, consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and my website at faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services, providing me whatever support you can, is greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and in that way, you and I are partners with the Great Commission. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition? I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. Mm -hmm.